Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast during this season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. St. Paul writes, Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday of the season of Lent. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord who is full of compassion, and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour 
in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you show to those who are in error the light of your truth, that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant to all those who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's religion that they may reject those things that are contrary to their profession and follow all such things as are agreeable to the same. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book Genesis. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what wilt thou give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, thou hast given me no offspring, and a slave born in my house will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, your own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord, who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a she-goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle-dove and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in two, and laid each half against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and lo, a dread and great darkness fell upon him. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Philippians. Brethren, join in imitating me, and mark those who so live as you have an example in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our commonwealth is in heaven, and from it we await a Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power which enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brethren, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. But he said to them, Go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. 
Behold, your house is forsaken. And I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Of all the famous philosophers of the classical world, probably the wackiest and certainly the most controversial was Diogenes the Cynic. He was a man who spurned all aspects of civilised life and all material possessions, and who chose instead to live the life of a beggar dwelling in a barrel in the marketplaces of Athens and Corinth. And amongst other things, he is famous for being the only man on record who ever had the nerve to insult Alexander the Great to his face. The story, which is rather a good one, goes as follows. Alexander the Great, passing through the city where Diogenes was living at the time, spotted the philosopher basking in the sun next to his famous barrel and went over and spoke to him. I am the great King Alexander, he said. And I, replied the philosopher, am the dog Diogenes. Are you not afraid of me? asked Alexander. Are you good or bad? responded Diogenes. Good, rejoined Alexander. Who need be afraid of one that is good? answered Diogenes. Hearing this, Alexander the Great was so impressed by the philosopher's wisdom that he said to him, I can see, Diogenes, that you are a man in want of many things. Ask me for whatever you wish and it shall be yours. There is one thing you could do for me, said the philosopher. Anything you ask, said the great emperor, to which Diogenes famously replied, Move out of the way, you're blocking my sunlight. That story always reminds me of the opening scene of the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, in which King Arthur and his retinue enter a medieval village and encounter a peasant sitting on a dung heap who clearly has absolutely no idea of the identity of his exalted visitor. But I am Arthur, your king, explains the monarch. Unimpressed, the peasant responds, well, I didn't vote for you. One of the most striking things about Jesus, as we see him portrayed in the Gospels, is that despite having the lowly status of a Galilean carpenter's son, he is nevertheless in thrall to nobody. There is no human being on earth, however wealthy or influential, no authority, whether secular or religious, who exercises any kind of power over him because his allegiance is ultimately to God and to God alone. And yet, interestingly enough, that did not turn him into either the kind of proto-anarchist you see in Diogenes the Cynic or the proto-communist that you see in the Monty Python peasant because Jesus would appear to have had no objection to the structures 
and hierarchies of organized society in themselves. After all, it was he who, on the subject of taxation, famously declared, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. In the same way, St. Paul, in his letters, urged slaves to continue to obey their masters whilst enjoying the true freedom that was theirs in Christ. Because human society needs its structures and its hierarchies and its leaders simply in order to function. Take those things away and human beings will simply recreate them in a different but probably more hidden and potentially more insidious form. What Jesus was concerned about was not human authority itself, but rather how it was used, how those who were entrusted with power exercised it. According to St. Luke, in the chapters leading up to this morning's gospel reading, we see how Jesus has already fallen out with the religious authorities of his day. He has actively denounced the scribes and Pharisees for their greed, their hypocrisy, their double standards, and their hardness of heart. They, in turn, have condemned him for healing on the Sabbath. The more the crowds love him and follow him, the more the religious authorities hate him and want him out of the way. So they try everything they can think of to get rid of him, denouncing him, trying to outwit him, attempting to expose him as a charlatan, and yet they fail at every turn. And so by the time we get to the passage we heard this morning, the Pharisees have decided to adopt a different tactic. This time, they are going to use fear. Having failed to silence Jesus or sideline him, they are now going to have a crack at scaring him off. And so they urge him to leave Galilee because they claim Herod is seeking his death. Fear is a very primal and visceral human emotion. Its basic function is, of course, to keep us safe from danger and to prevent us from behaving recklessly. Yet, at a human level, it can also be profoundly disabling, particularly when it is misplaced. Fear can affect us physically, mentally, and emotionally. It can reveal the worst and most shameful and selfish aspects of our personalities. It can distort our judgment, undermine our relationships, and impede our growth. My grandmother had an earthenware sugar bowl emblazoned with the motto, he soars not high who fears to fall. I've often found myself reflecting on that saying, not because I have any particular desire to soar high, but rather because it reminds me always to look squarely at the nature of my fears, fears that might otherwise prevent me from embracing a new opportunity or undertaking a new responsibility which has been presented to me. And it is certainly the case that there, that there can be few things more liberating than to be liberated from fear. How interesting then that the most commonly repeated phrase in the Bible 
in both the Old Testament and the New are the words, do not be afraid. They appear in the opening sentence of our first reading this morning, when God entrusts to Abram his great commission and his great promise. Do not be afraid. And yet, despite that, Abram still finds himself overwhelmed by a deep and terrifying darkness which descends upon him. Fear can indeed be overwhelming, which is why it can have such a powerful and destructive hold over us. So, to return to our Gospel reading, how does Jesus respond to the Pharisees' attempts to frighten him away by passing on death threats? Not only is Jesus completely unmoved by them, but he is contemptuous, referring to Herod as that fox, dismissing him as as despicable, mean, and paltry. And what is the message Jesus instructs the Pharisees to pass on to Herod in reply? They are to tell Herod that Jesus will remain where he is, continuing his work of casting out demons and healing the sick for as long as he needs to. He will then depart for Jerusalem, because it is there in Jerusalem that his own destiny lies, a destiny that, as we all know, will paradoxically involve his own death. Although the Pharisees fail to realize it, there is no point whatsoever in their trying to frighten Jesus with death threats, because that is where he is heading in any case, and he knows it. But more striking still, not only is Jesus unafraid, but as he looks towards Jerusalem and reflects on what awaits him there, his rejection and his own eventual death, his response is not at all the one that we might expect. It is neither apprehension nor resignation. Bizarrely enough, at the precise moment when Jesus has most reason to experience fear, in full knowledge of the worst horrors that lie ahead of him, the words that Jesus utters are words of the most tender compassion. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. How utterly extraordinary. Not only is Jesus unfazed and unbowed by the power and the authority of those around him who seek to do him harm, not only is he completely unafraid to look death, the greatest human fear of all, squarely in the face, but he can actually look beyond all of that to express compassion for those who seek to destroy him. On the news coverage of the invasion of Ukraine in recent days, we have witnessed the horrific consequences of a tyrannical abuse of power, wreaking chaos and destruction and slaughtering not only the innocent, but endeavouring to slaughter the truth. And yet, one of the strange ironies about tyrants throughout the ages, including Herod the king, 
is that they are characteristically marked by weakness rather than strength. They are in thrall to fear. People of real authority have no need to impose their will by means of violence or to secure their position through dissimulation and deception and the suppression of the truth, which they do because they are paranoid and afraid. In Jesus, we see the life of a man who is truly free. And the reason why he is truly free is because the focus of his life is clearly and unswervingly fixed upon God and upon God alone. And for that reason, he knows that there is nothing of which he need be afraid. And the same can be true of us, which is why learning to trust in God is so truly and profoundly liberating because it teaches us that ultimately there is nothing of which we need be afraid. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, we bring before you this morning our prayers in the knowledge that you will hear us and help us. Mighty God, you spoke to your servant Abram and told him not to be afraid and to use you as his shield. We pray that you will help us in our times of fear and worry and that we will have the faith to trust and believe in you. We pray for the people of Ukraine, their leaders, their armed forces, the fathers, sons and brothers fighting for their freedom, the mothers, daughters and children who have been torn from their homes or who shelter in basements. 
be by their side. Be their shield, guide them, comfort them, and give them the courage and strength to carry on and face the fear of what lies ahead. We pray for peace and justice, for the laying down of weapons, and that those in power on all sides may have the wisdom, discernment and compassion to make the right decisions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, as the Journalist Church, we remember especially this morning all those putting their lives in danger to ensure that we hear the truth across the world, but especially in Ukraine and Russia. We pray that you will give them the insight and strength to report the truth, shine a light on injustice, and ensure that we cannot avoid the horror and evil of what is unfolding on our continent in our time. We pray that you protect them and that they may return home safely. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we give thanks for Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, Robin, our verger, for Claire, James, our church wardens, the Guild of St Bride, our parish council, our musicians and choir, and all those who work so hard to make sure that we can worship freely here in your church on Fleet Street or online. We pray that you will guide and support all of us to continue your ministry, to be welcoming, humble and inclusive, and show the power of your love in everything we do and to all those who we meet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Elizabeth, our Queen, the Prime Minister and Government, the leaders of the opposition and the leaders of the world and all in authority. May they have the courage, wisdom and honesty to lead us at this most difficult time. Help them to make decisions that are for the good of all your people. And we pray that you will be with all that defend your truth and peace. Guide them to seek justice and peace for all and to have the courage to speak out for those who have no voice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we pray for all the children of the world, wherever they may be, that they may grow up in safety in loving families, and grow to know you more and more every day. We pray for the children in our congregation, for our Sunday club and its leaders, and for those preparing for confirmation. May they know your love and power in their lives. We pray for all those children who live in fear of abuse, of war or violence. Grant them the safety and security and may they know the comfort of your protection. We pray for those who are sick, injured or suffering illness, that you will bless and protect them, and that they will know the power of your healing spirit and will be well again soon. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray for the homeless, the refugees, 
those fleeing war and conflict, not just in Ukraine, but across the world and those closer to home. We give thanks this morning for the people of Poland, Hungary, Moldova and all the surrounding countries for the inspirational way in which they have opened their countries and homes to unknown mothers and children. Bless them and grant them the strength to continue to support all those in need. We give thanks for the people here in the UK giving their time, money and gifts to support emergency collections. And we pray that we will find ways to support them, to open our hearts and homes to them and show the same generosity and compassion in any way we can. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and injury and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them the strength and faith to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit Grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died this week and that have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those that are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time in silence to remember all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you see that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ, give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.